Good evening to you all. It is the Muses Behind the Music, and I am your host, Michelle Fallon. Happy Memorial Day to you all. I need to take a minute to pay homage to those of us who have served and those who continue to serve in the armed forces uh, for our country. Listen, uh, kudos to y'all, because it wouldn't be me. It couldn't be me. And so I'm grateful, y'all, I say this with sincerity. I am grateful for you putting yourselves on the line. That is um, a ministry. That is dedication. That is your commitment. Um, and so thank you, thank you, thank you for what you have done and what you continue to do for us to be able to enjoy some of the freedoms that we experience in this world. I made some egg rolls, Ashley. I made egg rolls for Memorial Day, some, some shrimp egg rolls, as well as some Southwestern egg rolls in, and we partook of them and they were good. And so I am now full and ready to get this going. So everyone, would you kindly welcome Ashley Johnson with us? Yes, thank you so much, Michelle, for having me here. Happy Memorial Day weekend. This has been a phenomenal weekend. I was saying to Michelle, although we had some rain, I still celebrated my 28th birthday. And so yeah. I'm super thankful God has allowed me to see another year. I know that's right. Listen, I've been knowing you, Ashley, since you were about, what, 14, 15 years old. I mean, it, it, a teenager, young youth. It's been a while. And so, uh, okay, let me let me jump in with some things as to why I am bringing you on, someone of your magnitude. First of all, the millennials, um, you are speaking on some newer measures that I, I certainly didn't see my generation doing. And one of the biggest things that I so appreciate about you all is that you're you're really now um, embracing the theme of entrepreneurialism. Yes. And that is, that's so hot and it's so fireful. I'm making up words. <laughs> but that sounded great. And I knew what you meant. Thank you. Thank you. It's fireful. And anybody else go on ahead and you can use it too. Um, <laughs> You know, and so that really makes me proud because uh, especially being an African-American, I can tell you the truth is that, um, you know, and it's an interesting thing. There's irony in the fact that um, this is the 100th year of, um, you know, the the anniversary of uh, what happened out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, yes, or yes. Black Wall Street. Right. have been burnt down. And, you know, we went through a time after that, a very long period in time of rebuilding as well as, um, you know, we always complained about like in the African community, African-American community, you know, their businesses are so expensive or there was always something with it, but now we're taking on a new leaf, a new idea, new perspectives. And I think that your generation is making such great strides um, 
to remove those um, conceptions right. that we had um, of our community and business owners within the community. It's just, you're coming with thoroughness and a level of excellence that um, has been long overdue. These are my opinions and I'm free to have them, but I believe that they're factual uh, uh, in the same token too. So I need to introduce a little bit of who you are um, as I said, I've known Ashley for quite some time. Uh, she is a businesswoman, a change maker, an impact innovator. Oh, that is so good to me. Uh, she's been recognized by the Huffington Post as a highly sought after corporate relations and business strategist. That's really Woo, we're going to get into that for a minute. You know, uh, kudos to getting some props from the Huffington Post uh, working currently for AARP, and um, she has her own consulting agency called ANJPR, of course, collaborating and mixing those two strengths together with AARP, because I would like to know, and I'm, I know that we have some listeners and watchers who uh, fit into the AARP category, <laughs> and they would like to know uh, some things about what it is that you do um, as well in the benefits of that. She uh, obtained her BA from the only real HU. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Howard University um, in public relations and then later received her master's from Georgetown University in social, no, that was a, uh, uh, what'd you get it in? Public relations public and relations, yeah. communications. <laughs> Georgetown. That's so hot. It's so incredibly amazing. You have accomplished a lot for being such a young person. And um, it just makes me completely proud. Your mom is a gospel recording artist. You had a beautiful voice. Why not anything in the music field? You know, I love music. And one of the things that I loved about, I fell in love with music from the gospel. And that literally was in church, mm -hmm. um, starting off um, as the jewels with First Mount Zion Baptist Church, yeah. getting to know you, crossing over to Voices of Zion, which was so exciting to me uh, when I was young, but I loved music and I fell in love with it really through the gospel. Um, however, I actually fell more in love with the behind the scenes of the industry of it. Mm -hmm. And that is why I actually um, decided to go to school to study public relations, because I love the, the power of the media and amplifying artists and entrepreneurs um, to share their story um, about who they are as an artist. And so I love that component of it. And so I sought out more of the business side of, um, the music industry. And that's why I decided to start a and JPR consulting LLC, which was an entertainment and lifestyle PR agency, um, that provided services for artists and musicians. And so we've gotten to work with um, artists in gospel, neo-soul, jazz mm -hmm. um, throughout the years that we have been uh, in existence. So um, music is definitely a heart. It's the heart of me. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I didn't really seek after like going through that path, but I had more of an aspiration for the, the media and the business side of it. Right. I, I had um, interviewed 
a friend of mine, um, Patrick D. McCoy, who is uh, one of the DMV's premier arts journalists. And you know, we were talking about the very fact that he was a voice major, but with not with the intention of you know wanting to do the performances, being a, a voice major, but how it gave him the access to be able to write about it because he is so passionate about that. And it took him in a different direction. And so you, I love the fact you still have music incorporated in your life, but um, as you put it, the power of the media, and we know that the media, Jesus have mercy. Oh, wow, yeah. Extremely powerful. What are some of the services that a public relations specialist can provide to the artist? Because I know that there are artists who are out here and they're listening and they're thinking, do I need somebody in PR? That's an excellent question. Um, <clears throat> a publicist is a person that can, again, amplify a artist's story. So when you're pushing out a new product, there are thousands, millions of artists within your genre that's doing the same thing. But what makes you stand out and grow your fan base or grow your following or brand awareness is a strategy of PR. And that is, again, connecting your story to media outlets as it pertains to radio, um, online publications, a podcast, um, you know, broadcast, television shows, right? Um, being able to get an artist on those platforms to share their music, of course, but also to share their story so that they can connect with people and people can connect to their music yeah. um, and share it with their community. And so that is the power of having a publicist. Not only can they help you get media appearances, but they can also help in the booking aspect as well. A lot of times when you do get a media appearance, they're going to ask you to perform a song, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there may be an interview at the beginning, right? And so making sure that, you know, when you're an independent artist, you can't juggle all of those things. Right. And hiring a professional that has the strategy, has the insights, has the connections, mm -hmm. a lot about what we do as publicists is based off of the relationships we have with media. And so we have access to those journalists that are covering stories in those specific genres of whether it be jazz, classical yeah. music, um, whether it be hip hop, R&B, there, there are different writers that focus on those niche based outlets or, you know, genres. Right. So depending on the publicist that you, you know, you, you work with, Mm -hmm. They have access to those things. And so um, it's very hard to be the creator and the writer um, and the producer. You need somebody that can handle and amplify your brand on a larger space, yeah. a larger community. And that's what a publicist does. I tell you that you, you are hitting such great points with that because I remember starting inside this business and I was my everything. And it would have been a, a heck of a lot easier had I had some team builders. Or, right. You know what I mean? So that I could just focus on the recitals. I just wanted to focus in right. on the performance aspect. But you're right. It's crazy when you have all of these other things that are pulling you. And so now today, that's the space that I'm in that says, 
okay, I've now established relationships because that's another word that you just mentioned that I talk about all the time. Um, I love the fact that as as I'm talking to you, I can like go into hindsight only from what I have seen and have um, realized that you were being set up in a beautiful manner to, um, you know, be a part of mom's team, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I, were you doing background singing at one point with mom? She would pull me, she would pull me in sometimes with her, a music ministry when I was younger and right. sometimes I'll step in, you know, when she needs me right. to this day. But yeah, I, I had the um, firsthand experience of really understanding what PR was in the business with working with my mom when I was little and she mm-hmm. you know, released her first album um, in 2009. And so I was just a teenager wow. in high school, but um, that was where I was able to really understand the power of an artist and you know it takes a lot to perform and to connect with the crowd yes Um, it takes a lot of preparation it takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of um, consistency Mm -hmm. so um, that was one of the things you asked about why did i never embrace the music journey was i just didn't have the confidence like a michelle fallon that can just come Mm -hmm. to the mic and sing notes in the heavens and captivate the audience. I I didn't have the confidence to do it, but I had the confidence to make connections in the background, to make connections to the media. I had the confidence to uh, write and to be able to capture the artist's story and to pitch it. Yes. That's where I played well. Yeah. And so I was able to understand that just from the experience of, you know, following my mother's journey yes. uh, in her artistry and ministry. And so, I love where I play, you know, I love being able to support artists and to consult them in the PR and business space and marketing. It's something that I feel like God has given me that purpose. Yeah, I love how you say that. I love, you know, where I play, you know, like, I mean, I always say uh, the world is my stage. You have something that's called storytelling. You, You mentioned this um, just a little while ago about, you know, representing artists to tell, have them tell their story and it, it comes out through the brand. What is um, your platform about storytelling? Yeah, I think it's it's something that we often don't realize that we all have a story. Um, and the artist's journey is a story. Um, you didn't just decide to wake up to be an artist. You know, there was a journey that it took. There were trials and tribulations. There were really sunny days and there were really rainy days in that process. And so when people understand that, whether it be, you know, um, you know, your story about what you went through as a child, you know, um, whether it be about what you went through when you went to school, you decided to embrace this this world of music. Like there's so many angles to it, but the power of storytelling is connectivity. Yeah. Um, we share stories, even in, the Bibles are stories, yeah. right? Yeah. Connect to them and we relate and we can commune about those stories in the yeah. Bible. Same thing as you as an artist or a brand people will connect to you um, with your story. And so there's different things um, that I teach in my, you know, when I consult clients or when I coach them about storytelling, there's different um, types of frameworks that you can kind of build your story if you have trouble trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, we think about like the, the, 
the princess and the frog story, right? Like the Cinderella story, you know, you started off, uh, didn't have anything. Then at the end, you have everything, right? But then you had a trial, you had to make a decision, right? So there's different frameworks that, um, you know, I coach clients and I teach them so that we can figure out what the angle is, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to connect people to their music. And so um, that's what we do as publicists. We, we find the story uh, and we make the connection to the media where we know that's the community that we want to target yeah. to, to uh, embrace yeah. your music brand. So how did you end up getting connected with AARP? How does, how does all of what you do link into that? So, you know, I, like I said, I love business and I was so blessed because in high school, I started interning. Mm -hmm. uh, my senior, junior, senior year of high school, I started interning. And then when I went to college, mm -hmm. um, I interned all four years. And in that process, my junior and senior year of college at Howard University, mm -hmm. I was interning at AARP. I asked one of my public relations professors at the time, I'm like, hey, I need a paid internship. And so she was like, oh, you should apply to AARP. Had no idea what the organization was, never heard of it. Mm -hmm. Of course, when I tell my parents, like, oh my gosh, apply, that's awesome. They're yeah. for older adults. I'm like, okay. So little did I know that I would be working there at their national office Six years later, right wow. in DC. Um, but I started off in multicultural marketing, which was awesome. And I was there for about four years. And so that department really focused on um, bringing brand awareness to multicultural communities nationally. So we would sponsor different events from Essence Festival to all the Divine Nine conferences. Mm -hmm. We would have talent. Yeah. Um, we would have talent talk about AARP or specific topics around aging within, you know, the black community or the Asian community or the LGBTQ community. So we had different strategies for those different audiences and we would market and we would show up where we knew the 50 plus adults would be at. And so those would be Essence or Steve Harvey Hoodies Awards, um, anything black that was a national presence that we knew that our audience would be at, we would show up. And so we've had talent from Holly Robertson P, Vivica Fox, Regina wow. Bell, um, Donnie Simpson, all those folks I, I was able to work with That's and awesome. help um, talent wrangle and prep them as far as talking points yeah. about of our you know, programs that we would focus on around aging. So caregiving, um, financial resilience, of course, Social Security, all of those topics that are super, super important as we age, as we get older, um, we would amplify that message and make sure that we would recruit people of that age to be members of ARP so that they can yeah. receive the resources and the benefits. Well, you know what's amazing? I really don't think a lot of people even recognize that AARP has all of those benefits or what, yeah. like, to me, like I received, I received the card. Okay. And it was just, oh, okay. I received discounts <laughs> I want to go, like to the movies or to the hotel, like that kind of stuff. And you all do so much more. And in the, I mean, that's so greatly important, um, you know, to understand those links. Do you see, a, um, like through all of these different communities, these multicultural communities, do you see um, one particular um, 
demographic that is less aware of it or you know when you start talking about aging they just shut their eyes to <laughs> our community yeah. sure um you know arp has really tried to break barriers as far as like brand awareness and getting people to want to be a part of the organization from a social impact perspective so um arp has volunteers locally that shows up and does programming and outreach to support. We do a lot of community service work for older adults. I mean, it's amazing. Um, from, you know, caregiving facilities to nurses, um, we show up. Yeah. Um, and it's very impactful. But our community, when we go to, uh, when we show up at a Black event, people are not trying to sign up or get that card. Wow. And so we have really tried to use our talent um, ambassadors who people like uh, Vanessa Williams or Vivica Fox who embrace their aging um, and they show up in that and they tell their stories about aging so that, you know, they feel, I think black women, we are more comfortable with that. We know that based off of the data, but black men, when it comes to turning mm -hmm. 50, it was very hard when we would show up at the Greek events and get them to come to the booth and hear about our programs. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, I'm not ready to turn 50, but it's a mindset. And mm -hmm. so that's the biggest thing ARP pushes is changing the way we see age, yes. um, disrupting aging, um, disrupting yeah. barriers. Um, and so that it's beautiful. And I think it's important. I think we tap in the black community when it comes to caregiving because we're never equipped. It's too late. We're, we're taking care of mother and you don't know, you know, what's what, you know, you don't know where her information is or yes. you know, all of those different things, brain health, right? And yes. so dementia. And so we don't have the setup where we have the support and we have the handoffs, right? prepared. And so we go to ARP when it's time for those type of things. But imagine if we were prepared a little bit more earlier yeah. in the game. Yeah, you are so right about that. I, you know, I think we we have just built such great levels of fear around That's it. Word. Yeah. And, and it drives us to respond the way that we do. I want to go back a little bit that because I think this kind of ties into it um, all together. You know, my generation coming um, up, we didn't have, we were just at the, the beginnings of the internet. Mm -hmm. I didn't come up with internet in high school and um, barely in college. And so, you know, now we're just filled with it. And for an artist, you know, out of my generation, some of us are just fearful of understanding this worldwide web. Yeah. But we were trying to build a product. How important is social media in the world of building your brand? Can it be done without being having a presence on social media? Well, I have to take the term. I see it as there is definitely a hybrid approach to yeah. how we engage in social media. Specifically, I think it's super important. You have to have a social media presence when you have a brand or your artist, hands down. Mm. Um, how we use it is super important. How we're strategic with it is super important. So because I go back to that because I'm not talking about it as far as um, the number of likes or the number of pictures you post, but strategic as far as the balance of it for your mental well-being. Um, I think wow. we use okay. social media 
a lot, but we're not being strategic about how we use it to still get our message across, to still build our audience, but to also still feel like if I step away, I'll be fine, <laughs> right? And so that is definitely hard. And I think for artists, I think that's why it's important that you do hire a team yes. to manage it on your behalf so that you have that ability to step away and just be the artist, just mm -hmm. be the creator. Yeah. Um, and so you do need to have it, but you also need to still stand still in your artistry and create and not be so caught up in posting that you're not even getting the music done or you're not even performing. Oh, so that is the biggest piece, I would say. Yeah, is, is that. absolutely. No, I'm so, with you. you know, I take um, a social media break every single year. Now, I'm not one who's really on social media. I right. think that since the podcast, um, my presence on social media has been more than it usually is, but I don't have any qualms come January to shut it down for an okay, right. month because I mean, that's my renewing time. It's the celebration of everybody. It's a new year for everybody. So it's like, I need to come into focus with that. Right. But here's the other part to the social media piece. We are inundated with a lot of different platforms. Yes. You got IG and TikTok and Facebook, to which the young people say, Facebook is for older folks. IG's <laughs> right. Where do you go? Like what, how would you um, suggest to an artist of where to build their platform? Is it contingent on the genre of music? Is it contingent on the audience they're trying to serve? What are some of the things? Absolutely. It's all those things, but it goes back to the data. Mm. And I say that to say, you go to your analytics, you will see where your audience is at and where they're checking for you. Um, and so we know that different channels serve different communities. So we know Facebook is more of a closer, tight niche community. I know when I go to Facebook, I will have my, my church friends, I'll have my um, college friends, I'll have my high school friends. And so we know that there's a closer niche community where I may post certain things specifically for that because I know I will get the support. Yeah. Instagram, it may be different. And so you have to go back to your data. It will be different for everybody, right? Like you may show up more better and or people are more receptive to you on yeah. Instagram than Facebook, but your data will tell you that. That's because um, as an educator, we always used to, I remember there was a time um, that we were, it was all about the data. We'd like, and you know, it was called being just data driven. I was working for DC public schools at the time. And it's one thing that mm -hmm. say, it doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. Like, right. you know, the statistics are there. All, although, I mean, I'm going to, I could debate some stuff, but the statistics <laughs> are there. And I'm glad you said what you said in reference to where we go, because, you know, that is definitely a conversational piece that I've had with people. I've had with myself about where is the right space. Yeah. And you don't need to do all of it. I, I tell you, I've seen people that are just killing it with just doing really great with TikTok. They may repurpose their content to Instagram, but their viewers are ready for them on TikTok. Yeah. You don't have to stretch yourself thin, but own your lane, own, the, own that platform. I think being at least consistent in two is going to always set you up for success. I love it. Own your lane. That's yeah. it. Stay in, stay in that and own that. I, I love, I love that. Um, tell me something, uh, you know, we're all now trying to move into 
new normals. I'm hoping people yeah. are moving into new normal. Yeah. I, I, I always hear people now talking about returning to normal. And um, <laughs> right. I, good God, I don't want to return to a lot of the stuff that I left um, 15 months ago. But in this pandemic, what have you learned? Wow, I have learned so much. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll, I'll say the top thing, top three things that comes to mind yeah. is really that self love, self healing, and self reflection. Oh my! That was a game changer for me, and God showed up in that space because He said, "You're going to have to face yourself in this season." And if you don't, you'll you'll still continue to do the same things and still be wondering, why am I still in the same circles, doing the same things, not getting yeah. any different results? So um, he had to humble me and he had to center me to focus on myself and that self-love journey. So I spent many days in COVID um, literally hiking, um, embracing nature, just sitting outside mm -hmm. of God's environment, um, praying. Um, daily. I mean, I always was doing my daily motivational um, word and prayer, but really journaling, <laughs> you know, like getting yes. things out. Um, I did therapy as well. And mm -hmm. so that was, I truly believe, a game changer because now I'm set up in a position where I know myself and I can show up in my full self yeah. and, and um, communicate effectively how I feel about things and approach things in a more healthier way with empathy yeah. um, when you have empathy. And God made us realize what that really meant when we saw how people were, were dying. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw how people were isolated. Yeah, <laughs> We saw how people their job was taken away from them. They didn't have, and you know how people live through their jobs. Yeah. So you can't show up to your work. Who are you? Yeah. You know, so in saying that also, too, we had a hard year. We've been having hard years. I mean, centuries, mm -hmm. ancestors. But when we talk about modern day, hard day, seeing yes, just God. the brutality, mm -hmm. and the leadership of this nation and how um, nasty. Mm. Oh, yes, God. You know, humans can be towards yeah. each other. Uh, it, it was a cruel year. Yeah. So if we didn't learn anything, we should have learned about self-love and empathy for others yeah. and loving others. Uh, one of the other pieces was cheerfully giving, mm. giving without expectation, because we were all in a scarcity moment. But the ones that showed up and was still able to give to others. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to also say that whole entire giving piece is, you know, it's that part of being selfless, you know, right. not the financial aspect of it, but That's when good. you when you can um, pull from your core, your intent, your heart, the intent piece, right? You know, look, that empathy piece. Mm -hmm. you, I mean, you are so right. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you uh, talk about that self love, self care. Um, self-awareness. And I think the word selfish has gotten such a bad rap, you know, because I cannot possibly, you cannot, we cannot possibly live in the fullness of our purpose, our gift, unless we have those times where we are selfish right. to get it together. Yes, ma'am. You know, moms, 
who do that, like we, we got 10 and 12 different jobs running at the same time and don't take the time to just reprieve, go away and, and get mm-hmm. back together so that we can come back to our families, our husbands, our, right. our children and be whole and be ready for the next level. So that is so, that's yes, so I'm so glad, I'm, I'm glad that that was like a revelation for you in this time. In many ways it was for me. I, I sure did a heck of a lot more journaling as well. Yes. I had a lot of journaling happening in my life, especially in the last five years. But this particular year drove me into spaces that- <laughs> Did you get to, uh, did you write a lot of songs? I'm curious if you did that. No, but I will tell you what I did do. Um, So the writing component was not a part of it as much as it was um, going back and sitting down and practicing, just now having the time and practicing specifically the piano. So I ordered up a whole slew of piano books and just to sit there and to be in touch with that. Now, that was something else that I haven't told um, many people about the fact that God was dealing with me with playing the piano because it was a gift that he gave me. That was my first initial gift. And I I didn't know that was the first. Yeah, that was the first. That was the first. And I I grew... um, a disdain for it. It's such a deep story. I'll have to like share that story uh, one day to the point where people would say, well, what do you do as a musician? And I would never mention playing the piano. So it was, here it is is given much as required. And I was not honoring what God had entrusted me with. And he was really starting to convict me respite time that we had. And so uh, I'm in a different space and mind place now with it. And I'm, I'm grateful to have come around, but I'll have to share that um, at another time with, with everybody. Yeah, you have to, because that sounds like a very good story. My ears are like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it's, it's deep. It, it is deep, you know? So, you know, I, I talk with my students a lot whether it's COTG, my kids at um, the high school that I teach at, my children, um, and I'm, I always talk to them about the responsibility that I feel that we have, um, one, as human beings, mm-hmm. two, as African-Americans, and three, as artists, to speak to these things that we were just mentioning that was going on in this world. So much was happening. George Floyd, we had a whack president at one time. You know, it was <laughs> right. There was a lot of things. And I believe that when you have the influence that you ought to use your platform yes. to speak to that. Well, your amen right there um, lets me feel that you're you're with me in, in that corner. How do you work that in what you do? How do you speak to it? as a public relations strategist. That's great. I will say one thing that I don't say a lot when I think about the education that I got was when I went to Howard, I actually minored in community development. Hmm. I always had a passion for community. Um, And I realized that's where I really love to play in. And I know that it's funny because of course, when I grew up, I was a part of a lot of Um, community organizations. I was active in school as well, but uh, my parents made sure that I was a part of activities that showed up in the community in a positive way to serve others. 
So COVID really changed the game, as you know. Yeah. Artists weren't gigging. I had clients that I had contracts with. I was supposed to get them, uh, you know, do a media tour for their uh, new album or their project. I had things, you know, lined up. I had things that I secured, but God said, we take it apart. So I had to rethink, you know, that was a way that, I, of course, I was, you know, building business revenue, right? right. Um, and so it was tough for me because I just didn't know what to do. And but God came in and showed up because I ended up getting a promotion at AARP. So I ended up getting more money. Wow. And so I'm like, well, you know what? I'm thankful that you have answered yeah. my prayer in this new progression. Yeah. I'm be a ser servant. I feel like things are going well um, for me, even in a pandemic. I'm moving the needle. I'm progressing. Um, I'm saving money. I'm paying down debt. I've been disciplined. I downsized. Yes. Minimal life. I'm being obedient. Now I want to make sure that I am showing up for you, God. And he put um, the social impact program called the Mentorship Circle. That was a program that I decided to create for the pandemic for women who were struggling, uh, struggling as far as getting the type of resources to build their business, struggling mentally, um, balancing being a mother, balancing being a college student, uh, balancing being a single professional, just trying to move up and grow, you know, get married, right? And have still be a boss and have their own business. So um, I created the Mentorship Circle. It was a three-month program. It was virtual. Um, women across the United States had the opportunity to apply for the program. And in the three months, we would have monthly sessions with other entrepreneurs that would speak about business development. So marketing, PR, um, pitching to clients. Uh, we had speakers around mental wellness. We had a therapist uh, speak to the women. So there were 20 women selected across the United States. We met once a month virtually from October to December. And we had a really great time and we are still connected. And we're going to do it again, but this time it's going to be the Mentorship Circle Summit. So it'll be a three-day experience. And the women that were part will be able to be speakers this time. So yes. That's that's we're carrying on the torch, but that's the social impact component of AJPR. And we're going to always do something to serve the community. Always. Sign me up. Who I am. Sign me up for that. I, I, yeah. I need to be. Oh, we need to have you as a speaker. That, that, is, that is dynamic. That is just dynamic. I love it. I love the giving back. I think we're called to do that. We are not islands. God did not create us to be islands. And so. According to us, we now have the obligation, I use that word, you know, very strongly to give back into the community for others who are less fortunate in, yeah. in many different ways from us. Or they might be right there, but they just need um, a platform as well. So when we talk about that, the giving back, who inspires you? Who are your muses? Yeah, I love that question. Uh, I would say First Lady Michelle Obama is definitely a muse of mine um, because she exemplifies the power of a strong Black woman that is educated. And without her man, she is still sharp. And with her man, she makes him look better. <laughs> oh, 
say that one more time, that last part, because I, you know, us, us women, we have a tendency to always feel like the man is going to make us. I want us to contribute greatly into making them. It's this is a teamwork effort. That was beautifully said. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I, we, I was talking to my friends and we were just reflecting reflecting on her and yeah. just the power. And if we need to be reminded the power of women and black women, we can go back to Michelle. Yeah. Uh, if you watch her uh, documentary, Becoming, it will definitely yeah. get you together. Absolutely. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, I, I love that. And, and I'll tell you personally, meeting her, I'm getting an echo feedback from personally meeting her and working with her mm. her um, Let Girls Learn campaign. That was a blessing to have been able to um, do that for a couple of years. Wow. She is just, just her presence alone is so real. It's so, um, it's, it's powerful, yeah. regal, it's um, confident. It's supportive. It's encouraging. It is. It's strength. There. It's beauty. They're just everything. It's class. Yes. It is class. I mean, yes. even in the sweatsuit, she's still fly. She's still fly. And you know, one of the things that we were talking about with her is the fact that she can communicate to different communities. That's what got. President Obama in the White House. Absolutely. Her work is connected to women of power. All white, over. Asian, Latino, LGBTQ, yes. and the black community. Yes. She was black. Let's yes. <laughs> not forget that little too. Because some will. They'll still they be black and they'll still exclude the black community. We know those people. They're out there. But she's a sister from Chicago. That's right. That's right. Hood. The okay. hood. Okay, that's really important too. Let's not forget that the hood. What would you tell a young person who wants to go into this field of public relations? Like, what what would be the one advice? Maybe it's something that you learned that was a hardship, and um, now you're like, listen, if you can pour this thing into people, and maybe it wasn't a hardship, but what could you share with them uh, for their journey? Um, I think for me, it's definitely the experience. Um, and then also to really tapping into your writing ability is going to be also a game changer um, because the power of writing is still exists within PR. Um, but then the power of connection, that's why I said experience. So if you're looking to be an entertainment PR, you need to be um, you know, interning for a entertainment PR agency or mm -hmm. looking at the black media, if that's where you want to play it, working for BET or finding those opportunities to work on the red carpet, um, finding opportunities to work for black media and then going into PR. So you understand what journalists are looking for. Um, so the experience is so important. And so if you have the ability to study PR in school, Within those four years, I would say at least three years, you need to be interning each semester in different spaces of PR. So you have that Rolodex of skill sets to walk out of um, in order to embrace it. But knowing that if you, you know, say you just decide to do a career pivot, it is great to still intern. 
um, and to learn the industry. So you can build the skill sets of PR from writing press releases, designing EPKs, pitching, right? The follow-up, mm -hmm. constant communication to media outlets. That is something you can learn in an internship program and be awesome. able to do it on your own. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, I'm over here. There, there are just like, you know, I'm always writing out the questions. And then there are many <laughs> questions that we could never get to because time just escapes us. But this has been moments of just, it's just been so very full. And yes. I appreciate all of the information that you have poured out. And I believe greatly that this information is going to help somebody. I pray so. I'm looking at the comments right now of people and just saying that, you know, it was good and important information. I just think so many things that you mentioned that we don't give thought to. And as an artist, um, we still need to. And I'm still developing, y'all. You know, until the creator takes me from this earth, I still have long ways to go. And I want to um, do this thing right. So here's my last and final question for you before we depart. What is next on the agenda for you? Next on the agenda. Good question. Um, I am still... Um, moving forward with ANJPR Consulting. So if in fact you are out here listening and you are looking for a public relations agency to take your brand to the next level, whether it be brand design where you're a startup organization looking to build your brand and you need someone to create your marketing presence, whether you are just ready to make a pivot in your brand and you need some media attention or you have a big product or album or you're releasing something and you wanna get some media around it so people can be aware of what you're bringing to this universe, we are here to serve. So we are located and we serve the DMV. Tell me uh, how, how we can reach you. Give me all <laughs> Give me all the stuff. Okay, yes, all of the good things. So you can contact me if you are interested in a consultation, which we, we provide you with the strategy. If in fact you were to work with us, you can email me at Ashley at ANJPRConsultingLLC.com. Um, you can visit our website, www.ANJPRConsultingLLC.com, or you can connect with us socially at ANJPRConsultingLLC on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm, I'm certain that, you know, people will review this podcast and um, they will get all the information there and write it down and be present. I like to wrap up with talking about the things that have always hit me because in conversation, um, you know, it's so full and I learn as much as I'm hoping that I impact because mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm looking for that too. I need, I need encouragement and I don't know it all. And so I, I could learn from the young, the old, and my mind is open to that. Um, I love that there is the confidence and you talked about just, uh, you know, knowing the power of your own lane and staying within there and growing that and knowing what it is that you have been called to do. And, you know, when that happens, you walk with consistency. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and confidence that 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 word again with confidence and consistency build the relationships the connections I yes. can see you know everyone I've talked to has said this and you know this is like the key I learned it from a professor at Howard you know people want to know who you are they want to connect with you they yes. don't want to always. You know, it ain't always about business. You know, the business by default will follow itself through when you have genuine connections with people. Um, Building teams, self-love, self-healing, self-reflection, being selfish is a good word. Learn how to use all the things appropriately. It was reminders to me. And so for that, I am so grateful that we have this time together. I'm looking for another time uh, for us to share on the podcast next season, perhaps is I'm realizing this season is coming to a close. Wow. Believable. God is good. God yes. is good. Ashley, I love you, sis. Love you too. Yeah. Thank you so much for allowing me to be in your platform. This is awesome. Oh, I'm so glad that you said yes. I'm glad <laughs> you said this was some great information to get out to the people. So uh, looking forward to us connecting outside of this in the month of June. Yes. We'll have a get together to do. Muses, thank you so much for listening in to the Muses Behind the Music. I am your host again, Michelle Fallon, and looking forward to you joining us next week. Until then. Blessed be. Peace. The new, new music. The music.